0: Would you stand, please, with me as we prepare for the Word of God? In this place today, we are thankful to you and grateful for the tremendous privilege of being here. And we do know that you will work it out. We thank you for the grace and the love and the mercy of our King. We recognize that, yes, we are in the last days, as the disciples even thought they were, yes. When Christ came back to this earth, or came to this earth, Lord, we began the last days. And we thank you right now that you have given us your word. Your word is true. Your word is everlasting. It cannot fail. And we thank you right now that you have entrusted us with the promises of the King. The word of God. We pray today that we will allow the word to wash us to cleanse us, to make us whole. We thank you right now and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we go back to the book of Matthew. Last week we were in the book of Mark, still dealing with the passage um, from a different perspective of the accusers who came to Jesus trying to find fault with him. So today we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter twenty-two verses forty-one through forty six. In your Bibles, if you have it, Matthew twenty-two, verses forty-one through forty six, and then I will read one scripture, the passage of Psalm one ten, and then we'll continue from there. Matthew chapter twenty-two, beginning at verse forty-one. And this is what it says. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, excuse me, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? saying The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Psalm 110 verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord bless the reading of his word. The title of this message is the question that silenced the Pharisees, the question that silenced the Pharisees. I'm going to be dealing primarily with one point and several points under that, but point number one, and there's only one primary point today, and that is seizing the moment. Seizing the moment. After Jesus had been harassed by the Pharisees and the Herodians, he had been harassed by the Sadducees, if you recall, the Pharisees first came to him with the Herodians, talking about was it lawful should they pay taxes to Caesar, trying to trap him, and and after Jesus gave his reply, the Sadducees came and gave him a question and tested him about marriage. They did not believe in the resurrection, and As I mentioned, they didn't believe in spirits. They didn't believe in life after death. I told you that's why they were sad, you see. You know that. That's why they were sad. (laughs) That was the second group of questions. And then the third group of questions, or the third attack, I should say, came when the Pharisees had regrouped after They had saw that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. And we mentioned that that word silence means to muzzle, to muzzle. They regrouped and they came back with another question. Which is the greatest commandment? And that question was raised by a scribe, a lawyer. And after Jesus gave his response last week that we mentioned, he quoted back, went back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Matthew, we said, picked up with verse 5, but Mark, if I recall, he actually used verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one. That is what we call the Shema, that first word in the Hebrew, hear, hear. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the Lord then mentions, and your strength. And after he gives this answer, we see that the scribe responds to Jesus' statement, and the Lord said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And as you mentioned, as I mentioned last week, the title that came from that passage was Almost Saved. Almost Saved. And so today we now pick up with The question now that Jesus asked the Pharisees as they are now being grouped together, as he has answered their question, he poses a question now to them. You know that Jesus is asking you questions as well. And I want to know, are you answering? Have you even paused to even give ear to what he is saying? There are a lot of people that's running really fast, but they have not stopped to hear what the Lord says. So we have seizing the moment. Now, the first thing I want you to note, number one, under point one, is that Jesus takes advantage of the group all being together. Now, I want you to know something interesting. They all came to Jesus They came to him as a group, but he was alone in the sense they came to him individually as an individual. And what Jesus does here, as they are all there with him, the Pharisees and the group and the disciples, he asks the Pharisees a question while they are all together. This group had consulted with one another. What can we say that will entrap Jesus? What's that one question that we can ask you know when some people argue they, 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 they got that one thing that they know that will shut down the argument they can bring this one point up and they know that'll hurt that person that'll end it is that how you think and how you do if you can say one thing you, now you know back in the day fighting words were just say the one thing and you know that the fight was on your mama that was it that ended all discussion, the fight was on. Not your daddy, your mama. People would pull off their hairs and hat the glove, everything. Your mama, that was it. Don't talk about my mama. so we know that there's something that we hold, that people hold, that's like their trump card, that they can say that will end all discussion. And this is what this group has been trying to do, to come up with that one question because they want to discredit Jesus in front of the group before the people because he's just too popular. We must not forget that Jesus is still on his way to the cross. Don't forget that. We, we look at what Jesus is doing and we tend to forget that he is now close to going to the cross for the sins of the people. Many groups come in force against Jesus t- today to try to discredit him. They come in a variety of ways. But time and time again they can't seem to get rid of him no matter how they try. Jesus Is still, excuse me, on the scene. The second thing that we note after we note that Jesus addresses the group as they are here, the question that Jesus asked them was about the Christ. It was, in fact, a very good question, and it was, in fact, a question about who do you really say the Messiah is? They had been waiting for the Messiah. They, they, they had seen the scriptures and the various passages in the Old Testament and the Law and the Prophets. They know, they knew that the Messiah was coming and they even knew which line he was coming through. So we, we have that question being asked by Jesus. He, he knows he's going to ask him a question taken right from the scriptures. So the question is a very good question and as I mentioned comes right from the scripture. Now the question was not a difficult question for them to answer initially, but it was a difficult question and it was a very difficult answer for them to give in the context of what Jesus said of how Jesus asked the question. You see, when you look at the Bible, you're not only looking at the content, which is important. It must be important because of God's Word, the glorious Word of God. So we have the content, but you must also look at what's the context? What was the surrounding? What was the scene? What was the occasion? What was taking place? What's the time period? Well, who are the people that's on the scene? What is the climate like? Not the atmosphere climate, the climate of the times. And so we note the context is very important. They miss the context. They're only looking at it from one vantage point. And we'll note that. Now we note that the Pharisees answer the question rather quickly. And I want to draw your attention to what they say. In Matthew chapter 22, let's look at verse 41. Let me just start there. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, what do you think about the Christ? What do you think about, now, looking very carefully, he mentions the Christ. Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. They answered the question rather quickly. Now, now, you know that if you can answer a question very, very quickly, you know with Jesus, that's, that's not the end of the story. You, you know that. You know that if you come with a, a, an answer, a pop answer real, real quick, that that's not necessarily the end. That, that is correct. He is the son of David. But the third thing that we note in our two points that we mentioned, they're gathered together. The question There is a follow-up question. There is a second question that Jesus asks them. How then can he be David's son? Look at what it says. How is it then that David in the spirit calls him Lord saying the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Now We need to take our time just for a moment to go through this. In the book of Psalms and Psalm 110, 1, David, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, quote this, and it is Jesus who goes back and pulls these words from the book of Psalms, Psalm 110, 1, and he poses the question from this Old Testament passage, Jesus is giving credit that David was led by the Holy Spirit in stating this, in making this statement. The Lord said to my Lord, "What is taking place here?" You see, David, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, "The Lord, who is the Lord?" You see, the Lord in the first. In this context here is Jehovah God. In the Old Testament, the individuals and the scribes and the leaders did not use God's name. They didn't want to write the name God. Why? Because his name was so holy. They didn't use his name. They said God's name is just too powerful. We can't use his name. And in fact, when they would be writing the name on the scroll and writing it on papyrus and writing it out, Every time they came to that name God, they would throw the pen away and get a new pen because of the holiness of God's name. Can you imagine? God threw that pen away and another one. The Lord, in his quoting of David, is doing a couple of things. Number one, he is stating that David's words are part of the inspired Word of God in the Old Testament. So for those of you who say, I just don't read the Old Testament. It's just, just, I just don't like the Old Testament, all the stories. Just, I just read the New Testament. You need to read the Old Testament because the Old talks about everything that's happening in the New. And if you're going to understand the New, you've got to read the Old. And so the Lord goes back to Psalm and he gives This quotation to them. And it is interesting that they know the answer right away. What do you think about the Messiah? The Christ. Whose son is he? He's the son of David. They answer quickly. And then, well, if he's the son of David, how then can David call the Messiah his Lord? So we now have the Lord said to my Lord. God Said to Adonai. You see, because they didn't like to use the name God, the name Adonai, which means Lord, was used in God's place. So in the Old Testament, when you would see the name Lord or Adonai, it was always a reference to either God Almighty or God. You would notice the God, the God Jehovah. Oftentimes, God, Jehovah, Adonai, Lord. And in the context, you need to find out what is it referring to. But they will use the name Adonai. So whenever you saw the name Lord in the New Test- in the Old Testament, it often meant God himself. So we have the Lord, Jehovah, says to my Lord. Wait a minute. My Lord. David is now saying he said to my Adonai. My Lord Jesus Christ. You, Jesus, sit at the right hand of the Father. What's the right hand? It is a place of authority. It is a place where one has, has honor. Do you remember when, when um, the two disciples of Jesus, uh, John, I think James, they, their mother came and says, uh, Can my sons have places of honor when you come into your kingdom? Can one sit on the left and wants sit on the right places of honor. And so, and so when the Lord God Almighty says, in his role, Jesus' role, sit at my right side until I make your enemies your footstool. This is the question that's posed to them. So as they give the answer, he's saying, so how can David call him, Lord, how can he then be his son? And that question that Jesus asked them silenced them because they had no response. They began to, when there's something you don't know, you start scratching your head. Hmm. Ain't, the answer ain't coming because you scratching your head. <laughs> let me think. Rubbing, I need, oh, let me think, let me think. Y'all, y'all do that? Y'all do like me? Um, let me, let me, let me rub some answers to the forefront. Y'all might as go ahead and start in the back and rub it all the way to the front. <laughs> How can he be David's son? And David refers to him as Lord because a son is not greater than the father and the son is not, is not is, is subservient to the father. And so here's David. How can Jesus, the Messiah, be a son? Now the, the, the thing is that They didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They didn't consider him to be the Messiah. And and based on Jesus' question to them, they have no response. Have you ever been in a situation to where you've just been silenced? Somebody said something and you didn't have a comeback. You knew that they had you. And so what you did, you got mad. Then you called them a name. Because you didn't have a comeback. You know you lost because you called him a name. To sit at the right hand and to subdue one's enemies. To sit at the right hand. The passage in Psalm chapter 110, verses 1 through 4, is the most quoted psalm in, of the Old Testament passages in all of the New Testament. That Psalm 110, 1 through 4, is the most quoted passage in the New Testament. References, I'll give you, won't go to them now. Acts chapter 2, verses 34 and 35. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, when the Lord talks about sitting at the right hand and making one's enemies one's footstool. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13. These passages talk about Jesus. Philippians, you read passages, chapter 2, verses Actually, five through nine, that every knee's going to bow to him. When we think about this here, the authority of Jesus at the right hand of God is awesome. In the, and, and the Bible says that David says, my Lord. And so the question that Jesus asked them, they have no response. In the book of Joshua, chapter 10, someone find this quickly. Chapter 10, verse 24. When you find it, I want you to read it. When the Israelites or people were fighting in the Old Testament and you conquered your enemy, it was a common practice of put your foot on their neck. Now, you always say, well, I'm going to put my foot on your neck. Well, actually, it was something that they actually did. It was a way of showing that they had conquered their enemy. Who has... Joshua chapter 10, verse 24. Sister Michelle, would you please read it I'm, because I'm recording. I'm going to repeat after you say read it. When they brought these kings that they had defeated out to Joshua, Joshua called all of the leaders, all of these men of Israel, and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with them, come near here, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And so they came near and put their feet on their necks. And this was a way of saying, sit here until I put your enemies under your footstool. It was a way of showing that one is in subjugation to the Lord. One is in subjugation to the one who has conquered them. And this is what the Lord God Almighty said, sit here, son, until I put your enemies Under your feet. The question that they could not answer. They missed the point because the question that they answered was they were only saying that the Messiah was going to be the natural descendant of David. But there's a part that's missing that's huge. You see, Christ, as being God, was David's Lord. So when David said, my Lord, he was acknowledging, first of all, That Christ in his role was David's Lord. But as a human being, he was David's son. You see, when you look at the Word of God and the passages of the Bible, Jesus had a dual nature. He was yet God and he was man. Fully God and yet he was human. Fully human. They missed it. They only said, He is David's son. And so when Jesus said, How can he then be his son? they didn't have an answer it would have been an indictment against them. They didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. Now I want you to know something else. I, I don't want you to want you to miss this. When Jesus was coming into town, in 22.45 it says, If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? I want you to look right back in Matthew chapter 21. Just go back a couple of pages. I want you to look at verse number 9 first verse number 9 and this is what it says now this is as he's coming in his in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting hosanna to the son of david blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest verse Fifteen, But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. You see, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, the people and the children were saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the Son of David. That time was his messianic title. It was a title that says Jesus, this Jesus is the Messiah. And so when Jesus in being acknowledged by these individuals, he in fact in chapter 22 in the passage that we read today is acknowledging without even having to say it that I am the one that they spoke about in the Old Testament and what silenced them is what also convicted them. These individuals didn't see and would not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. He was David's Lord because he's, first of all, the King of glory. He's God. And then he's the Son of David because he was born in the flesh. He comes from the descendant. So when we look at this passage, he is the King of glory, he is the root. He is the shoot of Jesse. He is that one because he was before all. You remember even in the book of John when the religious leaders picked up stones to stone him. In John chapter 8 verse 58, he says, before Abraham was I am. That title I am is God's designation. It's the same I am that God used back in Exodus 3.14 when he was talking to Moses upon that mountain. Moses, if they want to know who I am, just tell them I am. That's a cold name. Yeah, who are you? I am. I am. I am. When we consider this matter here, other religious leaders, the Bible says in the book of Mark that nobody dared to ask him any more questions. They were embarrassed. So we have the religious leaders, these Pharisees, coming trying to trap him, trying to discredit him before the people. And what we find is that they are dishonored. And you will note that Jesus actually rose in popularity. The people said, ooh, Jesus, you're something else. And he grew in favor with the people because of this matter here, because of this. People, I need to tell you this. If you're trying to serve anybody else than God, if you're trying to serve anybody else than the almighty Savior, you need to put it away, put it down, kick it out, do whatever you need to do. If you're trying to find your satisfaction in anything else, it will not work. Me and Brother George were talking this morning that when he came to the Lord, he didn't know he could have so much fun. And not have a problem as a result. You can have fun serving the Lord. You can worship Him in spirit and in truth. I don't have hangovers in the morning. I, I don't. I don't wake up. Be- oh, oh Lord God, let me go back and no, I, I repent for all of last week. No, 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 no. Sometimes I got to repent for that day. The Lord, I shouldn't have said that. They just got me upset. Forgive me. Oh, we repent, but, but we live a life as Christians. We should live a life that is pleasing to God. And when we mess up, we quickly say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. One of the great things about being a Christian, do you not know one of the great things about being a Christian? When we blow, we've got a father who has his arms extended says, come on back. And what we are trying to do, we try to run to get away. Because why? We are embarrassed at times because of what we do. Your lifestyle, what you do, will tell on you. But it's the Lord that brings you back to himself. It is a sad thing, as I bring this to a conclusion, a sad thing, that the religious leaders, rather than repenting, rather than saying, Lord, what do we need to do to get it right, they went out further and tried to find other ways to get him. They went out and tried to find a, a different way of to, trying to, to kill him. They eventually succeeded, but you need to note this. It was already the plan of God to go and to have and to become the sacrifice for all individuals. So what we find here is that Jesus Christ is David's God. The Lord, Jehovah, said to David, said, my Lord, my Adonai, he said to him, sit at my right hand. Till I put your enemies under your foot. Do you not know that anybody that messes with you is messing with the child of the almighty king? And that's problems. The question that silenced the Pharisees. The question that silenced them. How can he then be his son? They have no answer. Do you have an answer of to Christ? Why won't you accept my plan of salvation? Why won't you accept my way? Why don't you accept what I've already have done? Why won't you accept the path that I've already laid out? The Lord says my spirit will not always strive with man. <laughs> there comes a the day and a time when the Lord says that's it. And it's not those who are saying, I'm trying to get ready. But it is those who have actually said yes to his will. That thief on the cross is currently magnifying the king of glory. Because on that cross, the Lord said, this day, you will be with me in paradise. On the cross. Today, the Lord offers the gift of life. Freely. Will you take advantage of it and advantage of him? You bow your heads, please. My spirit will not always strive with man. We can be our own worst enemies because we'll convince ourselves that we can do good all by ourselves. It's a lie from the enemy. The Lord made people to be with people. and If you're trying to be a lone ranger, you will not succeed. I can worship by myself. You can't. You're able to get to the house of the Lord. There's a place of corporate worship, a time of fellowship. If you don't know the Lord, you're on the enemy's territory. God didn't make you for that. It's time for you to stop playing church. Time to stop trying to do it your own way. It's just time to surrender. Say, yeah, Lord, I'm tired. I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. Is there anybody that's tired in this place this morning of running Trying to do it their way and do it on their own. Well the offer is unto you. The question is, will you just simply respond and do it his way? It's not even about trying to figure it figure it all out. It's about just doing it his way. For those Lord who raised their hands, we are praying today for them that you will bring them to a place of complete surrender that which you want them to understand and to have give that to them at the time of your choosing but most of all may they learn to trust you even with that which they don't understand they'll be willing to say god i don't get it all but i know that when i come to church when i serve you when i when i'm when i'm trying to do that which pleases you i know that my life goes better now i want to be in christ i don't want to be outside in christ and so today we pray for the individuals who are going through various things that they'll know that they're not fighting against people, not against flesh and blood, but against, against principalities and high places. Our fight is not against one another. It may seem that way, but against spiritual powers in high places. And the weapons of this life, the carnal weapons won't work, but all through prayer. All oh, through surrender to God's will, all oh, we have the victory. So the way up is actually humbling ourselves. The way of great victory is a matter of submitting ourselves under the feet of Christ. And today, Lord, we are praying that those who raise their hand will say, God, I'll stop fighting. I'll stop resisting and give you my very life. Now you take me and mold me into your image. Make me what you would have me to be. We give you the glory and all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.